Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. We are uh, the internet's only college football podcast, in case you don't know. Uh, so that means that naturally we have an off season. College football isn't round; isn't like a year round thing. You can try to make it that. It's not like you can show up at the stadium. There, there won't there won't be anyone there. What am I trying to say, Jason? Uh, that the off season exists, but. Like the season itself, it is temporal. The off season like is coming to a close. That's right. Uh, for most people. Like Bitcoin. Like like jail for El Chapo. <laughs> That's a, it's a it's a it's just a way station on the way to, to somewhere else. We are breaking loose out of the off season, folks, and we are scampering into the other jail that is the season. Mmm. Breaking so, loose from the so hmm. Between the off season and the season, which one's jail and which one's prison? Jail, uh, jail is shorter. So, so prison. Is, I mean, I prison is the off season. Jail is shorter depending on what kind of county charges you catch. Yeah, here it is. The, the off season is solitary. Jail is gen pop, or uh, the season is gen pop. Yeah, that's. I defer right. to Jason's experience on this. Yeah, I. Uh, by the way, I did see El Chapo's lady. The Daily Mail had an article that was like, like El Chapo's wife takes fabulous trip to Venice. While her husband rots at Supermax. <laughs> Dominate. And why not? That's what he would have yeah. wanted. I mean, yeah. What, are you, you going to go to El Chapo, like, write him in Supermax for comment? He'd probably be like, yeah, queen, go. You know what he's doing in Supermax? He's saying, yeah, I sent her to Venice. She could write it off as a research. Like, Venice is a city of canals. You could probably canal your way out of Supermax. That's just research, yeah. 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 You're trying to say he's going to be the first person to escape Supermax and do it in a gondola? That's right. That's right. Man's going to swim out of Leavenworth. <laughs> Press stroking in a speedo. Gloriosa! <laughs> with some, with somebody with a big straw hat punting him, going, "Oh, sole mio!" How'd you come out? How'd you, how'd you come out at the Venetian? <laughs> Vegas, baby. If El Chapo surfaced at the Venetian in a gondola and got out, everyone would just take pictures. I, no I, at, one, at right? At that point, at that point, clemency, full pardon, <laughs> full pardon for for how did you do that? Now you see me three straight to video. Yo, dude, did you see? It was sick. El Chapo was a Venetian in a gondola. He bought. Now he has a show on Vice. 
Now the uh, yeah the TV show where Penn and Teller try to guess how the magician did the trick. <laughs> El Chapo's now the third on that show. And they're like, he's like, no, no. Here's what they really. They're did. like, legally, I don't think we want to know. <laughs> That's it. like if you're El Chapo's wife and you show up at the luxury boutique and you're like, hey, I'm I'm you know I'm Mrs. El Chapo, but I want people to think of me for what I've really done on my own. Sure. And they're like, sure, whatever. That's fine. You just do you have money? That's what we specialize in here. So she's a uh, chapa, right? <laughs> la chapa. La, la chapa, yeah. La chapa, sorry. Chapa. Yeah, la chapa. And, you know, is now, you know, living, living the good life, just like El Chapo wanted her to do. See, it all worked out. So that's the off season for <laughs> you. <laughs> we... <laughs> We uh we do, we like to do a little thing when the off season shambles to a close where we sort of look back on how did we engage with the parts of American culture that uh were not, you know, college football, which is the part of American culture we will devote considerably more attention to going forward. And when I say American culture, I mean the parts we chose to interact with because buddy, there's a lot you could um you you, you are eh, there's a lot that it's best to just sort of, yeah, man, it's there. Uh, you well, know. it's fine. You're not from the deep south, so that's true. I don't really know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. You're not gonna. How's this? You... I'm, f- I'm from a separate planet orbiting somewhere in Georgia. <laughs> Hello, I am from Atlanta. <laughs> we're we're a bubbled we're a bubbled city floating high above the wretched plains of Georgia. Your species is carbon based. Ours is traffic based. That's actually true. It is true, actually. Just like traffic and Zaxby's. We're don't uh, bring yeah, we're out, don't we're bring uh, chicken. I'm carbon. Upset. <laughs> we're carbon emissions based. <laughs> there we go. The, oh my god! Mm. Carbon offset. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Credits, gas. Admissions. Now, he's from right outside. He's from right outside um, Atlanta proper. So I think he is part of the real the Georgia. Real. That just makes him more. That's Georgia, that's yeah. why he's called Offset. According to the tweet, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The rest of Georgia is like the bandmates who really want a songwriting credit. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Why don't you write a song, drummer? Don't do I'm... that to Phil Collins. How dare <laughs> you? Hey, Phil was always the heart of Genesis. How come Genesis never pops up in Yacht Rock Radio? Uh, because you can't imagine any of them on a boat. Mm. Also, there's yeah. no, there, there's not, are there yachts in England? The Queen, that, no. the Queen had one, but I think it's retired now. No, they have to go to Miami to purchase them. Right. No, no English person can actually own a yacht. Or too to Venice. Yeah. Or to, or to Venice. Full circle. Where Nigel's hanging with La Chapa. Oh my God. If Phil Collins is hanging out with La Chapa, man, that's the TV show I want. <laughs> it's like fix it's like fixer upper, except Phil Collins and La Chapa show up to your house and tell you you're poor. That's and it. Solve that's the whole show. And solve crimes. <laughs> and do crimes? They you they know, solve the crimes that they did. If you're in Supermax and you are told that you're wife is dating again that's bad understandable but bad can i make it better for you it depends on the Mm -hmm. conversation you had beforehand right like let's not rule out that you may be yeah el chapo seems chill yeah (laughs) (laughs) he won't remember things okay sorry go ahead el chilpo no, yeah, I'm, I'm, no, that yeah. was rejected. No, no, no keep going. Keep going. Power no, through it. You can do this. Tweet through it. But if if I can make it better by saying, hey, your wife's dating Phil Collins. Ah, ah okay. Phil Chapo. Yeah, your wife's dating. <sighs> your, your wife's dating Michael Bolton. Yeah, all right. The real invisible touch is the one that gets you out of jail. I don't know what that means. Here he escaped it. from prison no, I famously. Just, I, no, I just don't know what the invisible touch part means. He escaped in a motorcycle tunnel. There's nothing invisible about um, it. Invisible from the surface of jail. Oh. Duh. Um, I do have, by the way, my off-season uh, regimen. 
in terms of consumption. Because one of the things we like to do is just tell everybody, hey, here's what we did when we weren't watching football. You can't do it 24-7. Can we go category by category and just all round robin it a little? Sure, sure. Oh. I thought that's I thought that's kind of what we would we would pretend to be smart by starting with books and then get to what we actually spent most of our time consuming. Let's have a production meeting <laughs> on the air. Yeah. Just like in the season. Um, this is called Verite. I don't know why I'm bitching like I'm making this better. Books. We can start with books. All right. And here's when what I was your age. Television was called books. Well, the television I watched in book form. Holly, that's a good reference. Yeah. Thank you. Don't say yeah. Like I'm just on pins that. and fucking needles here to find out what book Spencer read. <laughs> I hope this um, is all a build, big build up to be like, I didn't read any. Fuck you. I, I read. I, I would say this. I read nothing too smart. Right. Okay. It wasn't like I it wasn't like I spent it wasn't like I spent the offseason getting intellectually better. No, I just wanted to be entertained. And that that is why the best book I read this offseason was Snake, the autobiography of Kenny Stapleton. <laughs> Snake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. The best part is that it stops in 1982 and Stabler died like five years ago. So you do the math. There's a lot of snakes life that isn't covered. And they kind of have to come to this thing like, well, I never thought I'd get married, but I, I met a I met my second wife. And that that's going to last forever. Spoiler, it it did not. Everything from here on out, statute of limitations has not yet expired, so we won't right. be including it in the book. I'm just going to review the highlights, some of which I've discussed before, but I really strongly encourage you the cover of the 1981 edition, I believe, is a football helmet filled with ice and beer. That's the cover image for Snake, the authorized autobiography of Kenny Stabler. Uh, the chief incidents that I would like you to recall, growing up in uh, a small town in South Alabama, Kenny Stabler watched his dad and his uncle uh, have an argument they said, one of them said to the other, why don't I whip your ass at the dump? <laughs> and they both walked over. That's what we to, call Legion Field, just for the record. They both they both walked over like the South Alabama Vikings that they are. All right. And they both walked over to the city dump. Everyone showed up. Like everyone in town's like, hey, y'all, you know, it's one o'clock in Foley, Alabama. Let's go to the dump and watch these two dudes whip each other. Dump Time for dump fights. Yeah, Kenny Stabler watched his dad whip his uncle's ass at the dump in Foley, Alabama. It's one of the most beautiful sentences ever spoken or written in the English language. Dump fights. Yeah. Uh, J- John Matuzak uh, with the Raiders was Kenny's uh, roommate. Matuzak was fond of inviting like women over, and his introduction to them was, uh, was to just open the door naked. And uh, if they came in, it was a date. And if they didn't, it wasn't. Kenny Stabler said this always worked. Always. Just, I guess if you're going to go out with John Batuzak, that's how it was going to go. Then uh, Stabler, in addition to this, by the way, says that he uh, he really did learn most of the Oakland Raiders playbook at a bar. We all study in different ways. And Kenny Stabler, he he found his special place. Sure. Some of us are kinesthetic learners, some auditory, Mm -hmm. some alcoholic. Yep. Yep. That's... um, that's really that's really all you need to know. Other than, uh, hey, how did Kenny Stabler make it uh, at Alabama with Bear Bryant, who was famously strict? Well, it, you can't drink. You know, if you drink while Bear Bryant's asleep, he can't stop you. It's just true. He can't stop you, and that's that's apparently what Kenny Stabler did this whole time in between crashing cars and uh, spending a lot of time on a boat. That's it, Kenny Stabler. My life kind of tipsy on a boat. It's it's required reading. So that's your, I also yeah. Sorry, I was gonna say, please tell me that's your single book that you read. Yeah, that's it. No, <laughs> uh, I also read a book about the SAS, the British Special Forces, called Rogue Heroes. It's really great because, like most stories about uh, the British and all of their most successful things, it's like let's get a bunch of really unqualified people and intentionally choose the most unqualified and then put them in a position to uh, to to fail. And have them do the most insane things. And it all kind of works out. Except for like the lot of people dying part. But like the guy who founded the British Special Forces. He jumped out of a plane with a parachute. Um, That was a good start. When you read the rest of the book and you figure how it goes. You go, oh, (laughs) I'm glad he had a shoot. Like that was, 
that was an achievement for this guy. Yeah, he jumped out of a plane with a chute, um, not knowing anything about skydiving. He just figured that's how he would learn. So he uh, he jumped out. And he hit the tail on the way out and broke his back. And was in traction for six months. And that's when he thought of the idea for the British Special Forces. That's that's how the book starts. And it kind of just goes up from there. So that's by Ben McIntyre. That was a... Uh, that was a blast. Just a complete, dumb, fun read. So we don't have time for this right now, but we are going to do this. Let's just mention this and then move on because we don't have time. We are going to write a Metal Gear game starring Ken Stabler. Okay. <laughs> okay. Snake. Yeah. The real liquid snake. Go talk to Big Bear. <laughs> All right, <laughs> who's uh, Met- who's next? Wait, let's, wait, let's wait! It's Metal here. Bear Solid, isn't it? <laughs> okay, good. Got it. Got All it. All right, Holly, why don't you give us your books next, please? I tuned out a long time ago. Smart. Um, honestly, all I want to do is use this time to yell about how I finally read The Secret History, and I'm so goddamn angry at everyone who ever told me this is their favorite book. More like Donna Fart. It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, I here's something that fans of uh, modern science fiction ish things will enjoy. I decided to put off reading the final uh, fifth season book by reading the library at Mount Char because I wasn't emotionally prepared for the end of uh, N.K. Jemison's fifth season trilogy. If you know how both those books go. You know that that was a terrific emotional choice on my part. But anyway, if you ever want to read a science fiction book that was written by like an IBM engineer who lives in the Atlanta exurbs and is a million pages long and is super fucked up. uh, Yeah, go read the library at Mount Char. It's not self-published at all, but it reads like it could have been left as a tract uh, stapled together in a seat on Marta. Somehow I mean that as a compliment. Can I take a (laughs) guess that this is like missed, but the sprawling book mm, no am i way off like ultra violent oh ultra violent mist hell yeah yeah Shit. yeah, yeah. Red here mist. for it here for it. yeah oh yeah there's there's a lot of pink mist yeah um God, there's a lot of pink mist anyway to to stave off the crushing familial sadness uh and parent child violence of both book uh, of this one book that i was putting off reading uh, I picked up another book that was even worse in that department that I just didn't know about. Uh, but they're both terrific. Jason? Uh, well, if we're being honest, it's again comic books, and it's again, it's again Thor. Um, Jason Aaron's Thor run, God of Thunder, the Jane Foster's Thor stuff that people briefly got very mad and confused about when it came out. That's a movie. That's nowhere it's near It's because it's Natalie Portman. Thing. It's not because it's... J- well, it's probably because it's Jane Foster, too, but it's because it's Natalie Portman. But, uh, yeah, the whole... I mean, the whole thing is, is fucking fantastic, uh, and it just keeps going on and on and on forever. Um, but also, as far as book books go, books with pages where you learn facts and all that... Comic books have pages. Um, not if you get them on the computer. Oh, I get them point. on my phone. Yeah, That's a very good point. So, they don't count as they don't count as uh, learning, I guess. So when we were in Ann Arbor, we hit upon the notion that people have favorite wars. <laughs> yeah, um, and I realized I do. I, World War One is my favorite war, just because it's at least as important as World War Two, and yet the questions are so much more confusing and, and more complex, and there are no good answers to any of them. And I really, really like it when people try very hard, especially when they come from bizarre routes. And I found a book that does this called The Rites of Spring, where they try it. The author, it's like a professor from like Denmark or something, uh, tries to dig into like the psychological mindsets of everyone involved and like, you know, the cultural shifts that led to people standing around and shooting each other in the face from a hundred feet away for five straight years. Uh, the stupidest event in human history, trying to, trying to tie this to like, you know, music and ballet and philosophy. And (laughs) it's the most absurd book. And like, 
it's it's kind of like reading something by a college freshman who is smart enough to be a college professor like it's it's taking the most harebrained idea and writing it in such a way where you're like every few pages we're like okay shit i think i see how this is lining up and then like Ah, oh, fuck. I lost it. A, a harebrained <laughs> idea that's taken way too far. That doesn't sound like the shutdown full cast at all. <laughs> but, like, I mean, for all the parts where the whole thing falls apart and there's these huge grand leaps, uh, toward the end, you really start to see this fucking horror movie playing out where, like, okay, you had quite possibly the worst place in the history of the world, the Western Front in World War One. Uh, to spend a day there is to have your brain ruined, uh, you know, and, and most people are only there for a few months, a few days at a time, a few months over the course of the whole war. There was one guy who spent the entire fucking war in the middle of it and not just sitting around. He was a runner on the Western Front during World War One, and he thought it was fucking awesome. That was Hitler. This is the kind and like the book builds and builds and builds and builds toward that and you're like holy fucking shit you know everything it does to get to that point is you know it's just these grand overly ambitious leaps that are fascinating and i think that's the reason to recommend the book but as far as like making concrete smart conclusions I don't, you, you got a grain of salt it, I guess. You got you got to pair it with like some Barbara Tuckman or something. This is like that. I I feel bad saying this. Are you telling me Hitler was the Barry Sanders of World War One? <laughs> he did a lot of fucking running. Oh um, more like I, I think in terms of uh, actual statistical production, yeah. probably more like an Emmett Smith. <laughs> I don't think he was. I don't think he had the moves, right. but he did cover a lot of ground. <clears throat> both both of them took themselves out of the game. I can't top that, but I can keep pace with Jason's war attitude here because I am Michigan affects us all, man. I am currently reading two different Hitler biographies simultaneously so that I can compare them. That's war. So one thing we talked about while we were in Michigan, not at the live show, but just on our own, was that uh, we there's sort of a judgment level that goes with different war dads depending on what your favorite war is. Standard answer, standard war dad, World War II is their favorite war, right? And, and yeah, I, yeah. And I, that's like that's the basic bitch answer, right? And that's the Godfather of favorite, right? Yes, and I, and yes. I think we've all accepted that. Like, there's nothing weird about that. There's nothing that interesting about it. But if you're a war dad who's into World War II, great, fine. World War One is maybe more like the indie rock war dad, if that I makes think sense. The indie rock one we discovered was the fucking Great Northern War. Apparently. Oh, okay, yeah, that's the like. How about that's okay? The, like, so if it, what I'm talking about is like popular indie rock, you're talking about indie indie rock. Well, so okay, what World if we War say I that World War Two like is like okay. a classic oldies? World War Two is classic rock radio. World yeah. War One is classic rock on Spotify. You're a dad who has discovered the internet. Jason's right. World War One is uh, prog. It's Rush. It's, it's which just is like, a band of dudes, a thing that I discovered very recently. Yeah, not not a, not a lady. Like if you if you want a song that's like twenty five fucking minutes, and you're like, holy goddamn shit, is anything going to happen? That's World so, War. So so it's okay to be war dad who's into World War One. Civil War dad is the one that is Ooh, like boy. that's that's that sends up a lot of red flags. It is problematic no matter where you are. I will just sends say up that. a lot of flags. There's a lot of different. <laughs> Mm. There's particularly a blue and red one you want to really avoid. Many, um, many flags. Uh, are there Vietnam War war dads? Is that too soon? Oh, yeah. Is that a thing? Oh, okay. no. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, but they were there. Right. So that's the thing. If you're that war dad, it really depends on what your personal connection to it. If you have a personal connection, I feel like it's okay. If you don't, it's a little weird. Mm. It's like, I'm really into this war that killed all my friends. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know why I took you that should, tone. You should yeah. probably go to therapy if you're that war dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. c- Civil War dad. <laughs> that yeah. could go a couple different ways. Yeah, yeah. It just it's <laughs> it's not it's it's not a necessarily a guarantee that you have some other views. It is an indicator. It is a warning sign that you should be further tested for racism. Let's put. I think yeah. us as Southerners talking about Civil War dads. It's like if someone from like Italy said they were super into World right, War Two. Right, you know, right, like, right. <laughs> what exactly about Which it? Part? Do you like? <laughs> Also, your country sucked at it anyway, so you're a bad example. Italy heard both sides, okay? I like people I like people who are into the Civil War because they go, and then in 1863 it got really cool. <laughs> the ones who are, the ones who are like, you know what, you know what I really like about it? I like the part 
where an army completely raises slavery. That part, that's my favorite part of the war. I think it's pretty... I, I feel bad that we talked about War Dads without having Jane on, but we'll rectify that at a later date. Um, My books, to close this out, I have two fiction and half a nonfiction recommendation. Uh, the first is called Fates and Furies. It's by Lauren Groff. I'm not going to tell you too much about this book because it is a... This, the book is roughly divided in half. It is the two accounts of a marriage. The first half is from the husband's point of view. The second half is from the wife's point of view. The first half, you're going to have to like work a little bit to get through. It's not that it's not interesting or well-written, but it's that the bulk of the payoff is in the second half. And I really cannot give you more than that without spoiling it. But Wait, isn't this a Jason Robert Brown musical? Maybe is this the premise of the last five years? I don't know. Maybe. I no. It's. I think it's different. Okay. I think Carry it's. On. I think it's different. Uh, the other book, the other fiction book I want to recommend is *The Power* by Naomi Alderman. Um, the the premise of this book I can't share with you. Suddenly, in I think it's like the '90s, early 2000s, um, women all over the world, mostly like women in their teens and 20s. Uh, develop the power to shoot electrostatic energy from their hands. Shit, yeah. And it is and it is all about the power inversion that happens worldwide when it become when women effectively become the dominant gender from a physical perspective because of this power they develop and what happens as a result. It's like a really fascinating look at basically like what would happen in what would happen in a world where men with guns weren't as weren't the threat that they could be now it's really fucked up and really cool um the nonfiction recommendation holly gave to me and the reason it's only a half is because i'm only halfway through it uh it's death it's, it's a savory read yeah it's death's acre by uh, william bass who is the i guess the founder of of the body farm at the University of Tennessee. And it's just a like real uh real direct look at like how he does his work seeing uh, developing the and extending the research on body decomposition and dismemberment and uh victim identification and it's just like yep it's it's pretty there's there's not a lot of ways to make it flowery but it's a pretty interesting look at like, oh yeah, here's all the shit we can do to figure out who died and how. So those are it's my- very useful in close proximity to Tennessee football. I wasn't going to say, I do think that Tennessee football should, like they should embrace the body, like they should start referring to Neyland as the body farm. Let the bodies hit the farm. That works too. Uh, Just making hits over here for free. Spencer, what do you want to do next? Uh, you want to do, um, let's do movies slash TV. Great. Let's do that. Um, do we want to just keep the same order? Of people sure. sure. I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready to rock and I only have one recommendation. And You're going to take mine, aren't you? I binged it. Oh, God damn it. I binged it hard, but I'm willing to, do you want to, we can tag team this because I, I assume think that we're talking about the same show. Billions? You oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, I made Man, I made you watch two really different shows this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I binged Billions, and I am late to the party, and for that, I apologize. What's it about? It's about terrible people with money and power. That's it. I am not typically into, like, the theatrical cruelty theater, right? That, uh, like, Game of Thrones, when they were like, ooh, who's going to get the throat? I don't care. I don't. Like, I don't care about the playoff. I really don't like if that's your thing, like who's number one? I'm just not into those kind of plots. However, I do find people screwing each other over in ever more creative variations. Fascinating. And that part I get. And that that's the entire show. That's like the premise of Billions is what if we took a bunch of people who were uh, in and around hedge funds and were insanely wealthy and then we just gave them all day to uh, destroy each other and themselves. That's it. It's just like season after season of that at full volume with some of the like the the part that I love is that it made me realize that if you're super wealthy in New York, all your stuff still sucks. All of it. You could be like the most powerful people on earth. And it's like, cool. I get to go into the city and dive into a pool that's three feet by three feet. Woo! I made it, Ma. 
like the one of the main protagonists gets like a really nice apartment when he splits up from his wife and it's like supposed to be like the icon the the apex of wealth itself and you're like wow you got a glass box that's on top of all the other glass boxes rock on dude you did it bobby bobby boy my aquarium is awesome your aquarium is incredible. You should see my collection of something obscure and expensive that I and only eight other really wealthy people care about. Yeah, there's some... I really shouldn't care about any of this because most of the characters are just from, from places and things that I don't find interesting at all. And it's beyond compelling and funny as hell. And obviously written by uh, someone who has severe adult ADD, which... I feel. I get you, Brian Koppelman. I really get that. So, uh, Billions, it was ridiculously entertaining and uh, dollar bill forever. I like Billions because it's, I think I've said this before, it's like watching a foreign language film that all takes place in American English. Yeah, very much. Like, I don't understand any of these But I don't understand any of the references, no. No. And the references are sometimes like, they go beyond shoehorned into like, obviously shoehorned and then to into inspired there is a was segment this my show last year might be paul jamati okay. uh paul jamati has some of the most like forced and awkward dialogue the in anyone of, else's like, 15 hands minute the 15 minute back and forth volley metaphor about baker street yes like there's a there's an entire like monologue or entire dialogue between two people that is uh all in the lyrics of uh baker street by jerry rafferty and they just keep going with it long after it loses any kind of uh like coherence i i adore it I it's ad- also a great place for character actors to just turn up yeah you're like, that guys there's a lot of that guys holly in, in billions holly yes, spencer did not steal since he didn't steal your pick <laughs> no he didn't <laughs> um we've been we've been binging two shows one is Billions, and the other is another English show we have to watch with the captions on, which is Love Island. And I feel like I should apologize to you guys specifically in advance, because I want to specify that we've been watching the UK Love Island, and I just, I I cannot express how sorry I am for only realizing 30 or so episodes into Love Island that I'm just making Spencer's British accent more powerful and more adaptable to any situation. You should know. Please don't do is, it. Please don't this do is, it. This is not the American Love Island. There is a United States edition. Oh, we, we're not watching that shit. No. no. You need to watch it. You need to watch it for the bruvs. You need to watch it for the birds. You need to watch it for... Uh, you need to watch it because Love Island in the UK... Like Here, I believe, Love Island is a bi-weekly show or a weekly show. Yeah, in the UK, it comes on four nights a week. Six nights a week. Six? Six! This is... Do you want to just keep talking about my show? No. Okay, no one can hear you gesturing. I'm gesturing. <laughs> go, go go, on. Oh, no. Here comes yeah. No, no. Don't mean to mug you off. No! Oh, Christ. Oh, Christ. Um, try to watch, like, five minutes of Love Island with the sound off, but then... Just start thrilling to people calling themselves the Channing Tatum of West Wales. And I, I'm i not a reality TV person. I was exposed to Love Island while hosting a friend's birthday party earlier this summer. And now I'm halfway into season two. And these shows have like 50 fucking episodes a season. It's not good for me, but neither, uh, neither are pork rinds. And we see how far those have gotten me in life. Neither is college football. So Yeah, no, it's not good for me, but neither is college football. And listen, you haven't lived until you've seen one of the most beautiful men you've ever seen in your life open his mouth and throw a tantrum on live television about his girlfriend cutting up his cheese toast into pieces for him. Me toasty. It's a man's food, isn't it? Yeah, they get like an entire episode and a half at least out of a cheese toasty being cut up. Without First of all, they call them cheese toasties. Yeah, he's like, "I cook me food." Yeah, you made you made toast, dude. Some of it's really English. The second season, they had to find you know, like the first season, they're like these hot. The first boys. season was weirdly lovable. Yeah, like fir- it was just like watching a big old pack of golden retrievers. Yeah, but like they're like the most attractive men in Britain, and like three of them, ne- three of them have never walked into a gym ever, and they're expected to be shirtless <laughs> for the entire show. One of the guys from Essex who has never been to the gym and is my personal hero on the show, just kept his shirt on half the time. Like, like One of them wore a hat for like six weeks. <laughs> that's Yeah, the second season, they all like, they put a gym, that's the best part, they put a gym on the set. 
like they're like they're like yeah no tv for y'all you get to you have to work out and they're like that's that's how they found the eight most attractive men in britain oh i don't i don't feel great about this but also i didn't see any movies this year that i liked well we we discussed this before the show that um we all have seen movies they're just mostly marvel movies and we've exhausted that topic so yeah and i don't want to talk about midsummer because it reveals too much of my plans uh for my co-hosts. That so. Midsummer, uh definitely right in my wheelhouse of movie I will read the Wikipedia summary for. Midsummer, a documentary that was filmed in real time. Jason, uh, what's your TV or movie recommendations? Well, Ryan, if you can't handle scary stuff, um, you should definitely go watch Chernobyl. <laughs> totally not i mean it's it's all on wiki it all already was even before they made the movie so you know it's it's all easily accessible information um i think chernobyl and when they see us both insanely realistic affecting stories from the late 80s mid to late 80s that still resonate so terrifyingly deeply today like you know you watch these and you think like wow everything sucked back then and then you think about it for two seconds and it's like wow Nothing has changed, you know, like we still have people in power that will literally shovel bodies into pits in order to cover up their own mistakes. And one of the villains of when they see us is the president now. Like, I I think, you know, you talk about five hours that give you a complete version, uh, the complete depiction of an important event and connect it directly to today without even having to try all that hard. Uh, they were both amazing. Uh, they both made me feel really fucking terrible. Um, and yeah, I don't think I yeah I don't think I saw any non Marvel movies, so we're good there. Yeah, when they see us as a TV show, you should actually watch. Unlike Love Island. Um, I also didn't see any movies, so great job, all of us. We're doing great. We've been busy. Well, we've been a little bit busy, which we're going to get to next week. Well, well, by the time this comes out, people will know why we were busy. So. Okay. Yeah, y'all know what we've been up to now. So there, we haven't been to the movies. We're busy. Um, the I also thought Spencer was going to steal one of mine. I thought he was going to say the unauthorized Batch Brothers experience, which oh, I, he wrote. I think he got all those. Out I have of the that. System I have already. that filed under music. But the <laughs> mu- the multimedia. That's also a movie. The yeah. multimedia experience. It's it, what did they call it? A visual poem. It was a yeah. It was a visual. It's a book. Yeah. It was a visual yeah. poem. Um. Yeah. I fucking. I am. I will say this. If the Lonely Island had been a thing when I was in high school, especially early high school, there's an entire there's a distinct possibility I would have instead of trying to go through and have a normal job, which didn't pan out, admittedly, I would have just skipped straight to try to be other version of the Lonely Island, which would have been a terrible plan. A terrible plan. So I'm thankful that they uh, delayed it. But the ultimate, the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience is magnificent. Like a truly magnificent piece of work. Um, and the other two are a little more straightforward. Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it's only four episodes, which is really enjoyable because as a like constantly tired person, whenever there's a new show and it's like, yeah, there's 12. I'm like, nope, just. I don't. I can't. I'm going to put save it for later. One day I'll get to that. Uh, but it was a nice... It kind of captured a little bit, not entirely because nobody ever truly can, of the same sort of Anthony Bourdain spirit of somebody who like really is... really loves the idea of food and the culture of food in a way that is deep and pure and enjoyable... Um, and it was also, frankly, like one of the few cooking shows I've watched that had a lot of practical applications and that I have like learned yeah, have more. You got her, did you get her book? I haven't. No, but um, it's really good. I've, I've heard it's great. I have like used some of the, the methods and uh, I think borrowed some of the recipes from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was great. And the other one, um, Good Omens on Amazon. Like, yes. like also a pretty short watch and just weird and enjoyable. Um, yeah, just just recommend all three of those. That takes us to what, Spencer? I believe we're on to, uh, oh, you know, we, we can do places because, you know, we did Ooh, yeah. actually 
did actually go places mm-hmm. in, in the offseason and not just for the full cast. Ann Arbor was lovely, by the way. If you don't get a chance, uh, if you live, you know, in third coast territory, if you live in the sweltering south in the summer, go to like Wisconsin or, or Michigan in the summer. That that ain't a joke. Go do it. They're hiding things up there. You're already used to the mosquitoes. Yeah. Go up there because lake life up there, lake life is real and it is spectacular. And because they only have like two months of summer, uh, they go hard. Like everyone's on a boat. It's perfectly legal to drive a boat on a highway in Wisconsin to work during the summer, uh, shirtless and uh, barefoot. I swam to the grocery store in Vermont this summer, which is so fucking obnoxious. Not even lying. You can do that. Um, But uh, the place I went that was absolutely awesome, Rocky Mountain National Park, for one. Grand Lake. Real original. You know, it's not original, but it's good. Mm. Shut down full cast. It's not original. Was this our was this our basic bitch summer? Oh yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine if it was because my answer. We'll, uh, we'll get to mine, but I definitely had a basic bitch summer. Ryan, you and I were you and I were talking about this just the other day. No one ever told me how fucking relaxing being washed was going to be. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, yeah, I'm putting a splash of juice in my cranberry seltzer. Look out, world! I stayed up till 11.05. Oh, God, why? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm lying about oh, that. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, that's that was that was uh, delightful. Got to make a fire every night in, like, a summer month, which was uh, awesome. And almost ran into a moose, like a, a bull, a young bull, just hanging out, eating stuff off a tree, you know? Uh, which that was a delight. Uh, the second best place I went was the uh, Lafayette, Louisiana Popeyes for the buffet. Uh, we did that on the way to South by Southwest, the buffet in Lafayette, Louisiana. Not um, a, not all of us did, Spencer. Not all of us. That is true. We'll get you there, brother. We'll Thank get you. you there. Thank you. One day we will all be received at the Lafayette, Louisiana <laughs> Popeyes buffet. Uh, absolutely lovely place. And the, you know what? The third best place I went this offseason that was not within like 40 miles of my house. Bucky's baby, Bucky's anywhere on I ten. It's the most amazing, one of the most amazing places in Texas. And you've made a Bucky's snack discovery since then, haven't you? Oh yeah, Pinterest is all about like how to make Bucky's snacks at home. So they'll teach you how to make beaver nuggets and uh, and their barbecue and all of their snacks. Like there's like people who are trying to home like there's a homebrew Pinterest Bucky's cult, and I am a staunch member of it now. Holly, what you got? Uh, I went for the second year in a row. I went up to Vermont uh, to spend the 4th of July with friend of the program, the Gurgling Cod, uh, and his family. It's American as hell. A uh, lot of Confederate flags in Maine, as we've as we've noted before. Confederate strong, noted Confederate stronghold uh, of Maine. This time I had some kind of gnarly, awful summer flu situation for the first half of the week, but... Even that wasn't so bad. Vermont is a lovely place to uh, recuperate. And I spent the rest of the time swimming around in a freezing ass lake and attempting without success to drown my nephew. That's very reminiscent of the like of like the health retreats of, mm-hmm. I don't know, the early. 20th. I went to take the waters. This this is. Yeah, it's very much like uh, this is where this is where eventually Special K was invented. But it, yeah, at first it was a suppository and it hurt. And I, I really did swim to the grocery store because it's across the lake. You can walk around the lake on the gravel or you could swim to the grocery store. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Jason? Yeah. Uh, between work stuff and gymnastics, I spent at least a day in uh, Austin, Birmingham, Chattanooga, Chicago, Detroit, Hilton Head, Houston, Memphis, and Savannah. Uh, best meal was Central Barbecue in Memphis, so Memphis wins. Did you get to go to the Pyramid whilst in Memphis? We opted not to. That's all right. But yeah, we we did we did gaze upon it, and our hotel did, our hotel's entire view was of the. Can I be honest? <laughs> I think I think there is a future. I'm like Doctor Stranging this a little bit. There is one future outcome for us as a as a group where we eventually own that pyramid. Ooh, okay. I, I don't know if we'll ever get there, but it is it is a possibility in in the in the horizon. We're, can we own just a floor and charge people who ride through it? Sure. We're going to have to get right with Anubis before we purchase that. Are you not already? I got to check. 
Okay. I, I don't I just, I don't want that to be something I just assume, right? No, that's Because it, se- it seems like pyramid ownership has certain hefty spiritual requirements and responsibilities, right? Yeah. Like I, I gotta, I gotta make sure that I get a, I gotta make sure I get the prime spiritual interest rate when we put a down payment payment on this, okay? Because those things, apparently, you own them forever. What's up, Kiops? Um, my vacation, I only really took one vacation uh, this off season, um, but my wife and I went to Palm Springs for a couple of days. Oh, that's a good one. Um, that this was in like spring, so not in like the peak heat of summer. And I have never taken a vacation where you just go somewhere and don't do anything. I am very much the kind of person who's like, okay, we're going to this city or this country, and here's the itinerary, and here's all the shit we're gonna go see, and like we're gonna try to pack it in, and you know, like do have some experiences. And it's not that Palm Springs doesn't have the opportunity for experiences; it's that we no, opt- there's nothing to do. There's like some nature stuff you can, but do in a if good you want way. To. Yeah, there's like there are some like hikes and things like that if you want to go do them we just opted out of all that shit and we just spent like two days hanging out by a pool drinking like frozen drinks eating meals by ourselves without a toddler like didn't do a lot and it was awesome it was one of the best vacations i've ever had doing stuff maybe sucks as it turns out or or not doing stuff is better than you think it is. Maybe that's the nicer way to put it. Yeah. Uh, what does that lead? So we have two more categories or just one, Spencer? We, ju- we just have uh, we just have one, I believe. Okay. Uh, we got we got music, music, and then we're gonna finish with the true the true culture video. That's game. right. That's right. Yeah. Um. So with music, um, my main recommendation: Gibbs, Gibbs, baby, Freddie Gibbs and uh, Madlib Bandana. I. I didn't hear anything better this that came out this year. I listened to a lot of Deaf Heaven, but that came out last year. Also, so, that's Jason's fault. Yeah, that's we did. I listened to more death metal this year than I have ever listened to in my I life. I say fault. That is that is Jason's bounty that he gave to us. Yeah. Now, Deaf Heaven is not death metal. It, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a grim curse. <laughs> it is, it it is. a grim curse that that I have placed upon curse you. Curse of a V instead of a U. Curse. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the black fog of metal has obscured my brain. Uh, that mainly came from driving to South by Southwest and having Jason recommend death metal uh, tracks, most of which involved Odin and involved serious, yeah. like, Norse nationalism. <laughs> which I appreciate, Jason, you... Ins- you gotta walk a careful line. Yeah, I appreciate well, you, you. You let us very carefully by the hand threading through... Uh, the more the more problematic areas of of Norwegian metal. Yeah, as long as you're sticking with like you know, we think Odin is cool, and not like we think the entire continent of Europe and everyone who born who's born on it is cool. You know, that's that's the line you got to walk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I really appreciate that. But yeah, Freddie Gibbs and Madlib Bandana. Uh, I've been listening to it for like a month straight. That and uh, New Big Crit Crit Hill. Uh, that's uh, fantastic. Just get either one of those you'll be fine but but gibbs and gibbs and madlib are are not sane they're uh they're great because chance the rapper put out an album uh, this past week which was positive and optimistic and well and, and well reviewed by bill de blasio well i was gonna say well reviewed by chance's reps yes well reviewed by chance's reps and very much uh you know like hey let's get a, a breath of fresh air into the otherwise violent cruel and misogynistic world of rap and i was like yeah that's cool <laughs> presses play on half man half cocaine over and over again which which half is cocaine <laughs> that's <laughs> it doesn't sound like freddie gibbs is half cocaine it sounds like it's all about cocaine you're like what's every song on this record about it's all about cocaine and cool the 90s really are back yeah, it's fine. That's just that's just work life balance. That's just work. Yeah, <laughs> Coke life balance. Cocaine, talk about cocaine at work. Cocaine at home. <laughs> cocaine in my microwave. Holly, what? You have a music recommendation. <laughs> I, I like I that thought, Holly briefly dissociates from the idea that we're doing a podcast. Listen, he 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 talks at me a lot. <laughs> okay. And you just, you got to run an algorithm in your head as to whether, 
you are going no, to be... No, I know. You go into hypersleep and the computer's supposed to wake you up when he's done talking. Yeah. Big old hairy Hal over here. Um, so, I promise this isn't a joke, but at like 4.20 this morning I woke up and I thought, in Randy Travis's hard rock bottom of your heart and the bridge... Uh, no, this is at the end of the second verse. I'm sorry. He talks about how the house that he's built with his lady is still standing and it's got a good foundation. And then Randy Travis says in so many words, do you want to repair this house that you and I have built together or do you want to burn it down? And at like 4.20, I snapped awake this morning and I was like, Randy Travis means that literally. Do you still love me or do you want me to set our house on fire? Um, anyway, that's kind of the space that I'm in right now. I've been listening to a lot of nineties. I've been listening to a lot of nineties country. If John Michael Montgomery comes on the radio, I won't necessarily turn it off, but also I really like Betty who's new album, um, which is not that new anymore. It came out in February, but go get it. She's from Australia there. I'm trying to keep this fast. That's all. Jason. Uh, obviously co-sign Freddie Gibbs, uh, co-sign Swedish death metal. Don't go Norwegian. Mm-hmm. That's when, that's when, you're that's when something <laughs> really cool Sweden. happens. They know how, Sweden, they know how to make songs that, uh, probably will not try to overthrow your government in a racist way. Probably. Um, also speaking of overthrowing governments, Carly Rae Jepsen, yes. the <laughs> best, the best white musician on earth. Uh, really the only white musician we need. We can get rid of all the others. What about that's Randy it. Travis? Is he white? Mm, good point. I'm not actually sure that he's of Earth. Yeah. 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 Carly Rae is from Canada, so we, ah, <laughs> so we know safe. she's white. No, I, I, I'm, I know there are not white people in Canada. Uh, anyway, that's um, it. I don't have any new edition this year, mostly because I have a toddler, so most of my musical rotation is just like- What is have, the worst Kids Bop song you heard this year? We have not- We haven't gotten into Kids Bop. We don't do Raffy? We, we're- we're Holly- one of our colleagues, uh, Georgia Kelly, um, came up to me before the Austin show and said, so Raffi, huh? Because I didn't realize that we ha- I still had my Spotify set to public. So if you, looked oh, no. at, if you looked at it for some period, it looked like I was just listening. Because we play it, we put it on while she, when she goes to sleep, and it just sort of plays quietly all night. So if you look at my Spotify oh, history, no. I look like an insane person who every night around 7 or 7.30 just goes out into the world and murders people while listening to Raffi until the sun comes up. That might be an... Man, see, this is where I wish Patriot had gotten a third season. See? Um, I will say... This is a parent thing, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yeah, like, if you... Yeah, I, I will do this right now, yeah. okay? Like, if I show you, if it, if I go, like... But you have hey. boys, so it's all, like, video game soundtracks. Well, yeah, but, like, you know, just to translate it, to, to show you, like, okay, hey... That was going to be a segue into us talking about video games, but sure, go through your Spotify. This is great audio content. I was just saying, like, if you look at mine, it'll go, hey, most listened artists. And, you know, it's like, hey, Freddie Gibbs, and then there's some, like, N-E-R-D, and then there is uh, Kumu. Some dude named Kumu with a keyboard who just puts out like uh, like Crash Bandicoot music, right? <laughs> and Kids Bop 34, which yeah. is way better than Kids Bop 33, fell off. Um, because that's the one that has the clean version of 24 Karat Magic on it. I am glad that Big Boy just discovered the Kids Bop version of Miss Jackson. Which has a little, little white boy with Bama Bangs <clears throat> singing about... Making your daughter cry. Oh no, that's Maddie Ice. Ooh. That's not kids. That, that's that's not kids. Bob. Oh, that's is Maddie it not? Ice. Okay, sorry about yeah. that. Um, I will say, I went back. F- his, his name's not Maddie Ice. Yeah, I'm calling him quarterback. Our quarterback is not that. For kid. some for Same some guy. reason, I went back uh, the other a couple weeks ago and I listened to the entirety of the college dropout, mostly because it's 15 years old, which feels really weird. And it's just like it was. It was a very strange experience. Just remembering, like, oh, that was. Kanye West at a certain period of time when that kind of music was also pretty radically different from what was surrounding it and at, like I don't know maybe it was just an intensely personal experience but it was interesting to go back listen to that whole album start to finish now versus in 2004 video games video games, video games. yeah um, there's only one video game that's not true. No, oh. 
there there are there teach the controversy <laughs> all right uh you know this i actually haven't been playing i like i played red dead and then just kind of it takes it out of you man it did I, I had to like emotionally i had to take a break uh from video games but i have been playing one game with my kids that is wildly entertaining and that is totally accurate battle simulator um it's not accurate at all it's made by the same bunch of swedes who did stick fight if you played stick fight where you were stick figures killing each other in ever more elaborate spy versus spy kind of wacky slapstick ways. But um, it's the only video game I've ever seen that lets you pit a hundred hobbits versus one mastodon. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Press play to find out. <laughs> uh, Holly. Uh, I've been enjoying the, the fruits of Mario Maker 2, which I've been waiting to come out for months and months and months and months because, um, as you guys all know, listening out there, we've had a lot going on, and there's nothing that I enjoy more at the end of a 15-hour workday than building a hill that has 100 little spinies on it uh, and just sliding down that whole hill. Have you seen the video of the Mario Maker? No! Court? Oh, God! That video gave me so... I know what you're talking the about. One, the one that so just anxious. has the rotating columns of fire. Oh, God, it made me so anxious. Yeah. Like, my heart is racing right now thinking about it. Yeah, it's real itchy. Real, oh, real itchy. Jesus. Ja- Jason. Uh, I There were two. One was Hearts of Iron, a uh, glorified World War II spreadsheet simulator. Y'all would hate it. Man, it's uh, like there, there's like a segment of our listenership that. who would like yeah. it, but it's it's only for people who just adore. I think Holly's right. Somebody on the full cast Reddit suggested like starting a league or something. Which, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a significant portion of our of our more online readership who would really like this game. Yeah, like right now I'm uh, a democratic China and I'm the world's only hope to defeat the Nazis. It's that's exactly how it I've, played out. I've always thought of you as a democratic China. Thank you. Mm. Uh, the other one was XCOM 2, which it's uh, you, you shoot aliens and stuff. And I managed to turn it into college football content, which will be published at some point in August. You'll see. Um, my recommendation, I did finally finish Red Dead 2. And at some point we'll do the catch up episode on that. People, a few people have been asking about that. Um, but my recommendation the new Spider, it's not that new at this point, the new Spider-Man. Like, just a ton of fun, um, really well made. There have been a but there have been so many bad Spider-Man video games in the last 10, 20 We're years. In a golden age of good new Spider-Man content. Yeah, there's a lot of good spider shit out there. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I heard it. I heard it. Don't Good worry. afternoon to the out of context full cast account and only to the out of yeah. context full cast account. Um, but the video game is great. The story is good. The gameplay is like it's just it's just fucking fun to swing around the city as Spider Man. It just really is. It never it doesn't get boring. I think I've I think I've beat the game three times now just because I that's how much I enjoyed the 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 digital act of being Spider-Man. The digital act. That's right. That's right. Speaking of digital acts, um, we have spider. We shit. have a new thing, right? Should we talk about the new thing briefly, or should we yeah. save that? This is probably the last time we'll have full control of this narrative, so let's enjoy it while it lasts. Let's go. Um. So the hey, I work here now. Holly works here. The, f- <laughs> the four no, of us. The four of us. Bud Elliott, Richard Johnson, Alex Kirshner, Stephen Godfrey, and I should have said the five of us because Brian Floyd, constant member of the Shutdown Full Cast. Oh, apologies, Floyd. apologies, Floyd. Good to have you. Um, we're we're starting a new thing called Banner Society. We've already by the time you listen to us, we've already kind of started it. Or if you've um, been watching Love Island, it's called Banter Society. Spencer, because Boy. you'll probably you'll probably Banner. say you'll I, no, I don't want to give him more excuses to do it. Holly, I excuse me. I'm having him burn it off every day in my home. This That's your fault. Of, you brought this is you the in- version of no, 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 no. I am detonating him over an unpopulated area day after day. This is the action of a friend. You piece of shit. You invited this British <laughs> vampire into your home. You sick son of a bitch. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to like take more and more of Ryan's corner. Spencer, <laughs> um, 
kid, you because you'll say something that will probably get us in trouble. Um, what are you? What are <laughs> oh, you that, most? Yeah, Spencer's the one I'm worried about out of this group. Great, great point. What are you most excited about for us with Banner Society? I am most excited about Banner Society of basically writing about college football the way that we want to and do best and covering it the way we do because it'd be cool if we could just you know post up on a blog 500 times a day and that's not how things work and that's not how we do things anymore that's not where people live it's fun to do live shows it's fun to actually go out in the world but it's also fun to just have ways of like talking about things that aren't you know so heavily formal like we're going to do a lot of stuff that is extremely immediate and involves like, uh, you know, relatively short notice on some of these things. And that I think is like what was really good about sort of the original sports internet is that it was pretty intimate, close, fast. Right. Uh, and, and very fun, very light. I mean, I, I am literally here because I was a commenter on every day should be Saturday. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. And like we did, Ryan. <laughs> we did, and I think a lot of like the stuff that well, Spencer gave you me, so it's I, your fault. Hey, look at your coach. Look at the fruits of your coaching tree, Haas. Gifts, gifts all around. Oof. Blessings. Uh, the the thing that I like the internet kind of has, uh, you know, like coronary artery disease. There's just these kind of hardened pathways that people fall into, and the way that we're going to work is kind of out of those. A, a lot of them, at least. So we have burst the vein. We're the chest bursters. We are better society. Better society. We've got statins. Yeah, we've got statins and face huggers. Come talk to us. <laughs> this is why I'm not in sales meetings. No, it's why you should be. Um, Holly, same, was, same question for you. I was going to say, speaking of sales meetings, uh, I know it's been frustrating for a lot of you out there who have come to our live shows and have discovered that we can't so much as uh, sell you a T-shirt. Um, and when you're when you're part of a large company, there's there's a lot of a lot of processes that you have to go through. And we're hoping with this new initiative uh, that we're going to be able to do more directly with you, our audience, in terms of uh, coming to you with live events, like we said before, giving you giving you the opportunity uh, to buy things that we make and like and think are cool. Um, if I get actually serious for just one sec, uh, I never intended to come back to sports. Uh, I didn't really miss it while I was gone. Uh, I didn't miss consuming it with the habits that I've now returned to, and I didn't miss covering it. Um, but that team that Ryan just rattled off, the, how could I turn that down? So I'm back. Sorry. You'll never be rid of me. She's in the walls. I'm in your suit. Jason. <laughs> uh, kind of like Holly said, the ability to, if we have an idea, we can just fucking do it. Um, and that's no shade to our previous situation. No, nope, it's just a large up. setup. Companies you know, grow it's up just, and we helped that company grow up. Yeah, as the company got bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, it became uh, it, it became more of a process to just try some stuff. So, you know, with a with a a compact experiment like this, we'll be able to just you know have an idea, see if it works. Um, yeah, can I back up for one thing? That we forgot to yeah. say at the top that you just reminded me of. Because um, one thing I think that has a danger of getting lost, especially here as we're, as we're setting out, is that uh, y'all listening at home. Hi, you look nice today and you smell good. What's about to happen here is an experiment. And I don't think any of us can emphasize that strongly enough. Uh, we don't know if this is going to work. We have a pretty good idea of who our audience is. We've been doing this, doing this for a lot of years, uh, as the old ball coach says. Yep. And... We don't know if what's if what happens is about to work and if we're going to find an audience with this new platform, but um, we're in experimental mode for hopefully the next couple of years, and we would love to hear from you guys and what you think of it. Yes, I'm asking you to at me. Don't at me about that. I mean, don't at Holly because she's no, don't. Blocked. She's probably she's <laughs> you probably can. blocked you. You so can you... at me all you want. I ain't gonna see it. Um, but yeah, we're this is an experiment, and uh, if there's anything that you've ever wished that we that we got to devote more time to let us know we want to hear from you this is this is about bringing us closer to you this is me bringing my nose very close to yours in a non-threatening way okay back to jason ryan you're up oh. next. sure um well i have two answers for what is most exciting um one Tell the apple picking story 
No, I'm not telling the apple picking <laughs> story. Uh, one, we're hiring a podcast producer. You probably yeah, have already wow. seen this. If you follow, Boo. listen, Boo. listen, listen. The deep and heavy shame that every time somebody is like, the full cast is unlistenable. Ryan is shouting and Jason is whispering, and there's dogs everywhere. First of all, the dogs are staying. We're not getting rid of the dogs. I want and to the make bugs. clear. The bugs if, are staying too. If you apply for this position and you're like, okay, so we're gonna like move Jason inside? No. We're not we're, no, we're not moving Jason inside, mostly because he won't do it. You're going to learn to work around it, and that's fine. It's called texture. It adds to the experience. But I am excited to have somebody on this show and on Podcast Ain't Played Nobody who can help them sound a little better, um, help, them, help them listen. We're acknowledging the existence of PAPN. From this day All forward, right. PAPN is a trusted friend and no longer a unacknowledged enemy. So that's number one. Number two... Um, it's really exciting that we'll get to work with each other a lot more. Jason has always done a really good job uh, of making sure that like we overlap and Richard's work lines up with Bud's work, lines up with Godfrey's work, lines up with Spencer's work. But I think Banner Society is going to give us a really good opportunity to do that even more because like every <clears> – <throat> listen, my three co-hosts on this show are very smart and so are – Four again, sorry, Floyd, and Jesus. so is so is everybody else associated with this project, and it's just it's really enjoyable to get to benefit from their brains and their backgrounds and their ability to sort of see college football as this kaleidoscope that you just turn it this way or that, and it's different, and then it's different again, and then it's different again. Like the collaborative aspect of this, and the idea that we will cross the streams more because that's how we will defeat Gozer. Like that, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is now we can finally defeat Gozer. 